Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about some breaking new features that OpenAI has added to ChatGPT. In addition, we're going to be talking about just how much money Microsoft has made from this OpenAI investment they've made. And we're also going to be talking about something that might get OpenAI into a little bit of hot water training off of a data set they may not be allowed to train off of. So without further ado, let's jump into the podcast. The first story I want to talk about today is the fact that OpenAI launched a number of new features for ChatGPT. And in a previous podcast, I talked about some uh, new coming soon features that some people had been able to kind of reverse engineer from looking at some uh, code. But this is not those features. This is something actually completely new. So OpenAI actually announced several different updates um, to the GPT 3.5 Turbo and GPT 4 models. And essentially, they're looking to increase, uh, you know, their functionality and their usability for developers. So I would say one of the most significant updates is the introduction of a function calling capability in the chat completion API. So essentially, this feature is going to allow developers to describe programming functions, and then the model is going to generate code to execute those functions, which is very, very interesting. Now, um, a lot of people debated on why this wasn't done sooner. I think a security is a big you know, issue when you actually look at uh, having you know, something like this AI execute functions within the code. A lot of people talk about, so like for security, if you're able to put code into something like a chat bot um, and have it execute that code, it technically like hackers and other people can try to use that to inject uh, code into OpenAI and ChatGPT's servers or databases or other areas and wreak havoc. So that is one area um, that is a little tricky that they definitely had to overcome. But overall, the ability to be able to do that is a really powerful tool. And so I think this is something that developers are going to absolutely love. Um, the next thing that a lot of people have been hyping up is, or a lot of people have been really excited about, is that in uh, GPT 3.5 Turbo, so this is you know what everyone essentially gets, um, they are going to have a 16,000 token context window. So what this means is that they are going to be able to take around four times longer uh, text as an input into ChatGPT um, to be able to you know give you a response. And the, just for like context on how much 14,000 tokens is, right? Because it isn't even words; it's just like parts of words. It's, the way they break it up is kind of weird, but this is approximately equal to 20 pages of text. And that's in like a single request that, you know, like someone's API um, could send a single request to chat to open AI of 20 pages long. And yeah, like I said before, it's about four times longer than the original 4,000 um, token context window they had before. And so this is going to allow for some very long um, prompts and prompt response exchanges within ChatGPT. People are really excited about this. Now, one reason why a lot of people are thinking that they have done this is the fact that Anthropic's um, Claude AI chatbot has been getting a lot of attention recently for the ability to upload um, massive amounts of text to this. I think you can upload a... I've seen some demos where people uploaded PDF documents to Claude um, that were like you know, there were like 300 pages long or like an entire book, essentially. And it was able to, in a couple seconds, uh, read the whole thing and, and get an uh, answer to a question out of that. So I think OpenAI obviously is at a much larger scale than Anthropics Claude. I believe the only way currently for consumers to use Anthropics Claude is through Poe.com, which is uh, created by Quora. And I think that's the only consumer use case of it right now. 
And so obviously this is, you know, something very small. Um, it's not available to the mass public. So they have the ability to do some of these, you know, crazier stunts or whatever you want to call it, where they're essentially allowing much larger things, where if they were actually to scale that to the user base that OpenAI and ChatGPT has, um, it would it would be pretty brutal on the servers, which as, you know, as Sam Altman recently said before Congress, they're already struggling to have enough, you know, capacity and GPUs and everything else that they need. So I don't believe that ChatGPT would able to would necessarily be able to do uh, something like an entire book, but 20 pages already, that's pretty incredible. So this is a, a pretty massive update that's going to be integrated. OpenAI has also made um, some pretty big cost reductions um, for their for their platforms. So the pretty popular um, text embedding uh, tool they have called Ada Two, and that model. Um, essentially, it translates text into numeric formats that are more understandable by machines. So that is now coming at a 75% lower price. They're cutting the, the price 75% on that. And in addition, uh, GPT 3.5 is now going to be about 25% cheaper. Um, and that includes uh, API use. So that's going to be pretty exciting. And um, some of these, some of these are going into effect right now, but I think most of these features are going to be available by June 27th. So you may have to wait a little bit before you can start uploading, uh, 20 page text documents to ChatGPT. But overall, this is a pretty massive update that ChatGPT has announced. Um, and we're pretty excited to see where this goes. The other story I want to talk about today is the fact that Microsoft's chief financial officer recently said, um, so everyone knows that, uh, Open Microsoft invested originally a billion dollars and they followed that up with another $10 billion. So they're they're all in at $11 billion on OpenAI right now. And a lot of people are saying, you know, that's expensive. Is OpenAI going to be able to make the money back? This is kind of before ChatGP really exploded um, to quite the level it's at now. I think now people are confident, uh, you know, OpenAI is going to reach some pretty impressive uh, numbers on users and growth and revenue. But in any case, the CFO of Microsoft recently said that AI products will add $10 billion in revenue. And so she told investors that, um, and she included, you know, OpenAI um, contributed uh, at least $10 billion to the company's revenue, she said. She didn't specify the time period over which that happened, but Microsoft generated around $198 billion in revenue uh, last year. Um, and the next generation AI business will be the fastest growing so what she said is the next generation AI business will be the fastest growing 10 billion business in our history, she said. Um, so while Microsoft currently is really benefiting from all of these new AI features, they aren't free. And that's why they're able to, you know, make uh, money off of them. The company so far has invested into chat GPT pretty heavily, and they've done that in a couple different ways. Number one is with cash and number two is with cloud credit. So they've actually given... Uh, OpenAI a lot of cloud credits for their Microsoft Azure cloud computing platform, which has helped uh, OpenAI really train their their uh, train their models well. And in addition to this, Microsoft actually spent 1.2 billion dollars to build a supercomputer that runs um, OpenAI's models. So that's something not a lot of people know, but they've actually they've helped in a lot of different ways. They've been a very strategic partner. Um, and so essentially Microsoft stands to get a significant chunk of the profits from, um, open AI that has been integrated into its own business. So all the different ways that open AI has automated things within Microsoft and all the cost savings just from their own company, um, is definitely another area that you want to take into account. So 
I think since February, Microsoft has added new features powered by OpenAI um, to most all of its software. You know, you've seen in PowerPoint and Excel and uh, Word and everything else. Um, and also that includes the, uh, you know, the chatbot they added to Bing search. Um, so there has been a lot that has been added there. Um, and they've also integrated it into Office 360 and, and their workspace software. So Microsoft, I think one of the main ways that they're making this $10 billion back is that they're charging a pretty significant premium to customers of their um, AI-powered Office 360 features. Um, and so they also, in addition to that, have the ability to resell OpenAI software to customers um, on Microsoft Azure Cloud Platform. So I've talked to companies um, that are actually doing this right now where essentially they're able to run their own instance of ChatGPT um, on Microsoft Azure where it keeps all of their company's data private and on their own server and they're not worried about it ever being used to train um, the OpenAI model. And so, you know, that kind of gets over the issues that people like Chase Bank and some others had, uh, you know, Sony as well that banned ChatGPT because they're worried about, uh, you know, private uh, company data getting leaked through that. So this is pretty impressive. Microsoft is definitely making a lot of money from this. And I think that, you know, that $10 billion investment into OpenAI was definitely a big win for the company. That's going to help them to really invest in growth and um, everything they're doing to push the entire industry of AI forward. And potentially for any lawsuits they may face. Um, I recently saw an article on the information, which was talking about the fact that um, like essentially Google last month when they upgraded their Bard chatbot, they added a new kind of machine learning model that can um, better understand conversational language. And the idea is that it can compete with chat GPT. Um, and in addition to that, they said, you know, one of their biggest uh, competitive advantages is that they have YouTube. So YouTube is the single biggest and, you know, arguably the richest source of imagery, audio and text transcripts on the internet and uh, Google researchers have been using it to develop uh, really their next language model uh, Gemini so according to a person that has a little bit of info on what's happening there the value of YouTube has uh, not been lost on OpenAI either because apparently the startup has secretly used data from YouTube to train some of their own AI models um, and so I think this is going to be really interesting uh, to see how that plays out, um, if that leak gets them in trouble, if YouTube or Google try to sue, if that's against their terms of service, and kind of what happens there, right? We know that OpenAI is, uh, you know, trained on a vast number or a vast data set of the internet, but for the most part, you know, they were able to get licenses and access, you know, YouTube gave them access to their API and Reddit gave them access to their API. Um, and now that all of these companies are seeing how valuable their data is, you know, they're shutting it off. You see this massive you know, uprising on Reddit now that the their API is getting, the price of it is getting, you know, massively increased. And, you know, Elon Musk shut off OpenAI's access to Twitter's data and their API. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see if OpenAI gets in trouble from YouTube for uh, training based off of that data set as well. And this is an area we'll definitely have to continue watching into the future. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode, breaking down how AI is impacting your industry. Today's episode is sponsored by AIbox, a no-code AI app builder and marketplace, which just launched a crowdfunding campaign. If you are interested in investing in a new AI startup, you can go to republic.com slash AI box. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well to learn more. 
The minimum investment is $150 and the maximum investment is $100,000. Until next time, have a fantastic day.